Our reading this evening is Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 4. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Wonderful. Thank you, Clive, very much indeed. So how did you like the uh, new version of The King of Love, My Shepherd Is? I had a head start because I listened to it once or twice during the week. But uh, I think it, uh, it just gives a different impact to that very familiar hymn. And uh, always comes strange first time you sing it, but it's growing on me very much. So just also to mention, if you haven't picked up a notice sheet for this week, please do, because there are quite a number of important things within that. Uh, I don't need to repeat them now, but just want to make sure that you have seen that, read it, and uh, take action on anything in there where you are able to be involved. That would be wonderful. And what I want to share this evening is really more by way of testimony than by way of uh, expounding these words in Philippians chapter 3. Because really this was the testimony of the Apostle Paul, wasn't it? Who for many years had lived successfully and effectively as a committed Jew, but then found that he was confronted with Jesus Christ in such a way that he had to respond, and it made a huge difference. And on the voice uh, that he heard on the Damascus Road, the voice from heaven crying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He had to answer. And over a period of time, of course, he realized that God's hand was upon him as never before, that the Christians who he had hated and so actively persecuted were indeed the true people of God. And he moved on to a total and utter commitment to Jesus Christ. And this is his testimony, isn't it? This is saying, there was a time when all my confidence was in my Judaism, and I was very good at it. But whatever seemed like gain to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. I consider everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. And a little further on, all I want is to know Christ. 
So let's use those words as a springboard. Suppose someone were to say to you, why do you believe in Jesus? Why are you a Christian and not a Jew or a Muslim or a Hindu or an atheist? What is it that makes you believe in Jesus? Here was Paul's story. This is what made him believe in Jesus. What makes you believe in Jesus? What makes me believe in Jesus? It was Alfred Lord Tennyson who said, there lives more faith in honest doubt than in half of the creeds. So you can say things like the creeds, I believe uh, in the virgin birth, I believe in the Son of God, I believe in the resurrection of the dead and all those sort of things. But are you really believing it? Perhaps we find ourselves crying out as the disciple did, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Maybe you're in a situation where you're really wanting to believe but you're not knowing how to begin. Maybe as a Christian you're finding it hard to really hold on to your faith in difficult circumstances. Or maybe you're finding it hard to articulate that faith. So if someone were to say to you, why do you believe? And you get a bit tongue-tied. I don't really know why I believe, but I just do. Can you say with the Apostle Paul, all I want is to know Christ? Would you be able to say, all I want is to know Christ? How do you come to say, all I want is to know Christ? This is my story. And if I remember rightly, I wrote this first of all for a Monday afternoon, Women's Fellowship year or two ago. Some of you with keen minds and long memories might recall it as we go along. I may have written it before and forgotten that, I'm not sure. But it's slightly different this time because testimonies always grow and change. But this is what I would want to say. I believe in Jesus first because I learned about him as a child. As I thought carefully, I realized that my faith did begin very early in life. And by that I mean, I don't know, when I was born, when I was one, two, three, before I was hardly aware and certainly before I can consciously remember. But I do have a number of snippets of childhood memories. When in that simplicity of childhood, I remember the stories presented in Sunday school, accepted the teaching that I received about God and about Jesus Christ. And as I reflect, I realize that actually those years were very, very important to me. They were formative years. And so therefore, when on Sunday mornings here, we watch a group of children go to their various teaching groups, and we hear about bubbles and splash and trailblazers, for many of them, this will be their beginning of their journey of faith. And many of these children will find it easier to pray than we do. Many of them will be de demonstrating faith at an early age, and that faith in its formative years is so, so important. And that, of course, is why our work with children and young people is so very important indeed, and why we deliberately invest resources into those age groups. Continue to remember Martin and Jackie and Deanna in your prayers. Keep encouraging our children and young people, praying for their leaders, all who work to bring Christian truth and example into their lives. Not everyone has the opportunity of hearing about Jesus as a child. 
Indeed, the scope for that happening now is far less than in earlier years because there are fewer people who are hearing the stories of Jesus from a very early age. And not everyone who has the opportunity of hearing about Jesus as a child will follow on into a later life commitment. But for many people, it is a vital start, starting point. And the time and the energy that we invest in Christian truths to children both in church and in home is so, so important. Recent research has said that it often takes the positive influence of at least six adults to enable the spiritual formation of a child. That's not to make it a rule, but it's the consequence of what later in years people are testifying. What shaped you? What helped you in believing as a child? And those people will talk about parents. They'll talk about those who were teaching them in the context of church. They will talk about significant adults who took an interest in their lives and prayed for them. So that it's parents and teachers along with others who have a significant impact on the early formation of spirituality. And you can be a part of that. You can be a part of that. You can take a child to heart. Maybe someone in your family, or it may be someone in the church community here, who you really follow with your interest and your prayers. Because I started to believe in Jesus as a child, and that was important to me, and it's important today. And then secondly, I believe in Jesus because those, faith, those seeds of faith began to grow. When the engineers and the builders began to construct a suspension bridge across the Niagara Gorge, it all began with engineers flying a kite across the chasm, playing out the kite string until the kite reached the further shore. And then the twine was tied to the string. And then the rope was tied to the twine. And then wire was tied to the rope. And then cable was tied to the wire. Until gradually, eventually, mighty cables were suspended from great towers and anchored on either side to the depths of the earth. And the bridge was built. But it all started with flying a kite. So my Christian learning as a child was a little bit like those first kite strings. Later came the ropes, then came the cables. For me, my early faith was tested by pain and bereavement in our family and by the intellectual challenge of friends at school who thought I was mad. But at the same time, as those challenges came along, my faith was supported with an excellent young people's group. Fine examples of Christian leadership in adults whose faith was real. And so my baptism was a significant landmark. And later my call to ministry and the seeds of faith began to grow firm and strong. These things happened in my youth. And that underlines to me the huge importance of our work with young people. We were thinking this week in the youth forum of the kind of person that we would want any young, pers young person to become as they journey through the various youth programs that we have. What is it leading to in terms of Christ-like discipleship? Learning as a child is never sufficient in itself. It may often be the beginnings, as it was for me, 
There may be a time of rebellion and rejection before that early faith is restored. And others, of course, may never benefit from Christian education as a child, but come to faith later in life. It doesn't matter when it happens. The important thing is that it does happen. And then thirdly, I believe in Jesus because he has forgiven my sin. I believe in him because I learned about him as a child. I believe in him because those seeds of faith began to grow as a young person, but I believe in him because he's forgiven my sin. Dave explained that so clearly this morning. Many of you were here as uh, in the all-age talk. We had uh, that wonderful demonstration of how Jesus is able to forgive our sin. I have no desire to follow someone who just presents me with an ideal but doesn't address my root problems. I have no desire to fo follow an inspiring teacher or prophet and make their teaching my rule of life. What attracts me to Jesus is that he deals with me as I really am. He deals with the good and he deals with the bad. And I believe that his death on the cross was the chosen path for him to take that brought forgiveness of sin to all who believe. This was the great discovery that the Apostle Paul made. It was quite clear that he made that discovery because in his later writings, he spoke so clearly and wrote so powerfully about the atonement, about how Jesus makes us one with God and all the different colorful angles that are on that. Many of them come out in uh, Paul's letters later in the New Testament. That Jesus didn't just point to God and say he is the way. Jesus said, I am the way. And that we come to God through Jesus Christ. And that is supremely we come to that place of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus because he has forgiven my sin. And then fourthly, I believe in Jesus because he reaches deep into my life. You may remember the story that Jesus told about the storm at sea. The disciples were terrified and they thought they were about to drown. And Jesus commanded the wind, be still. There was a very significant saying a while ago that was based on that story. Which simply says, Jesus does not promise to calm every storm in your life. But he does promise to calm you in every storm of life. Because he reaches deep inside. Storms will come. And some of you may feel particularly battered by the storms of life. But I've often found that it's in the hardest of times that the presence of Christ has been most real. That when the storm has been the fiercest, his power has been most evident. Not to locate the presence of Christ in any particular part of the body, but to sense that he is right at the center of all. I believe in Jesus because he reaches deep inside of my life. That really is the focus of the Emotional Healthy Spirituality course that we're starting on Wednesday. Thinking about those deeper areas of our lives which the Spirit is able to touch, where Jesus is able to bring restoration and transformation. And then fifthly, I believe in Jesus because he has conquered death. 
In his prize-winning book, which is called The Denial of Death, the author Ernest Becker says that of the so many fears that we grapple with, the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, the fear of failure, the fear of separation and loss, all of them are manifestations of one supreme fear, which is the fear of death. And in the population at large, if you were to ask people, many, many people would say, I am afraid of death. How can we overcome that deepest, most ultimate fear? The answer, of course, is by believing in Jesus. Because he's conquered it. Because he has gone there, been through that place, and come back to life. And Jesus' victory over death is clear for us all to say, see. If there was no resurrection, the church would not exist. Had the story of Jesus ended on a cross, there would be no New Testament, and he would have been forgotten in just a few months. But the truth is that Jesus truly conquered death and stands today as the risen triumphant Lord. And I believe in Jesus because he conquered death. You may have recalled the story of Bishop Warren Chandler. A particular university was named after him. And as he lay on his deathbed, a friend inquired as to whether or not he was afraid. Please tell me frankly, he said, do you fear crossing over the river of death? Why, replied Chandler, I belong to a father who owns the land on both sides of the river. So there is no need to fear. And these powerful issues of forgiveness, of a deep presence inside of you, of not having fear of the end of this life, these are strong reasons for believing in Jesus. And finally, I believe in Jesus because he is Lord of all. He who formed the heavens and the earth, the whole of creation, the whole of history, the whole of life is gathered together in him. Many different people have written commentaries on this passage in Philippians 3 where Paul the Apostle gives his testimony. F.B. Meyer was a Christian scholar and a Baptist from the last century. And he wrote concerning these words in our text. He said, To know Christ in the storm of the battle, to know him in the valley of the shadow, to know him when the solar light irradiates our faces, or when they are darkened with disappointment and sorrow, to know the sweetness of his dealing with bruised reeds and smoking flax. To know the tenderness of his sympathy and the strength of his right hand. All this involves many experiences on our part. But each of them, like the facets of a diamond, will reflect the prismatic beauty of his glory from a new angle. I just love that language that each of those circumstances will reflect the prismatic beauty of God's glory from a new angle. It's a great adventure to know Jesus. I'm challenged by Paul's words because it's actually hard for me to say, all I want 
is to know Christ. Despite everything that I've said, it's so easy for other things to get completely in the way and not to be at the place where I can truly say all I want is to know Christ. There's so much else that crowds in. And I know that I fail all too often. But the truth of my experience is that to know Christ is the richest knowledge ever to be found. To serve Christ is the greatest privilege that we can ever imagine. So if someone says to you after this evening, why do you believe in Jesus? Uh, they probably won't want to listen to 20, 25 minutes answer. But you could just pick a tiny bit of that. There might be something from that that you could say. I believe in Jesus because of what happened to me when I first came to know him. I believe in Jesus because of the way he's made me a different person. I believe in Jesus because of what he's doing deep in my life. I believe in Jesus because he's taken away that fear of death. I believe in Jesus because he's the most remarkable person of all. Whatever the language that you would want to use, I encourage you not only to believe, to be confident about what you believe, and to be able to express that so that when you are in a place where people ask and where you're able to talk about your faith, it comes naturally, it comes easily, simply to say, why you believe in Jesus, because you've thought about it, you know it, and you're living it.